Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday afternoon here real quick. And we have a special guest in the house. Dr. Ben Evans is here. Uh, I'm going to run through his intro quick and let him spit a little bit afterwards, but he is an Arizona native. He grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona here, earned his undergraduate degree from NAU. Afterwards, he attended the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Tucson, where he earned his medical degree. And obviously, following medical school, completed his internal medicine residency training here in Phoenix before embarking on a solo career, which is what he is doing now. And so the details, uh, he's a skilled board-certified internist who takes pride in helping others live a healthier, more functional, and fulfilling life. His special interests include male testosterone replacement, acute and chronic pain management, and he also lifts and he eats well. So you guys should respect his opinion, and he'll, uh, we'll dive into that in greater detail in a second as we go here. His website's drbenevans.com and mensvitalitycenters.com. He has six locations here in the valley where he works with all kinds of people um, in an array of things so dr ben evans welcome my man and thank you so much jeremy great to be here awesome anything i missed on the bio or intro you want to share to these guys no man, i think you covered it very well thank you awesome so let's just go details real quick for these guys um how many years have you been in the you know i guess the kind of the testosterone replacement kind of acute pain management game since 2010 men's vitality center has been here in the valley uh, pretty much the uh, uh, pretty much I think one of the first uh, uh, testosterone replacement therapy clinics that that came to be. Nice man. So of all the the fields of study and things you could go into, why why this one specifically? Well, like yourself, I've been a lifelong uh, fitness advocate from playing uh, sports competitively since the age of eight uh, through the uh, co- collegiate level, then continuing uh, amateur boxing and powerlifting. Since then, I've always been interested in strength sports, bodybuilding. I've been reading you know, muscle and fitness, flex magazines, muscular development, all those things since the uh, sheesh, since the uh, early 90s. So I've always been, you know, essentially lifting weights and bodybuilding and fitness is essentially part of my being. From like the pumping iron days. From basically. the pumping iron, essentially, yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny enough, the first intern we ever had here, um, his name was Austin, super nice kid. And uh, I remember when like it came out on Netflix, Pumping Iron. He mm-hmm. came in. He was like, "I found this new documentary on Netflix. It's called Pumping Iron." I'm like, "I'm like Austin. It's not new, but they, and I've seen it 800 times. But thank you for that. At least. Nice man. So uh, we'll just go that route. Um, all-time favorite bodybuilder? Oh, man, probably Sergio Oliva. He's great. Dude. Yeah, the he's, myth. He's real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. I have to say Arnold, yeah. but I mean, Arnold. I grew up. Like, and he's like when I'm a younger kid. I mean, I grew up on like all the same stuff. Predator, obviously went through Terminator. But I would say Jay Cutler was the dude that I would watch most, I guess kind of resonate with as a young kid. I guess my all-time favorite Olympian would be Lee Haney. Oh, dude, Lee's badass, man. Nice. But you can't, everybody loves Arnold, of course. That's right. Uh, Let's do this for the audience listening. Um, How tall are you? 6'1". And how much you weigh? About 227 right now. So you're a big dude. Yeah. Um, so training wise, what is your, like when you train and when you lift and, and go into the gym, what's the normal kind of week look like? So I'm a three on, usually one or two off. So I do uh, legs Monday, I do uh, uh, chest and uh, tries on Tuesday, I do back and buys on, uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday, and then I take a day or two of rest and I repeat. I dig that. Yeah. Any uh, hockey anymore or no? no? I haven't played hockey since, I, since my last college day. I was probably in, geez, when I was 22 years old. No kidding. Yep, haven't been on the ice since. Not even once. <laughs> Not once. Actually, twice. I've been on the ice two times since then. 
That's gnarly, man. Yeah. I always tell people, like, I play basketball the way through college, yeah. and we play, like, once a year, yeah. and uh, it's bad. Yeah. It, it's, we, we can still, we, you still take the same shots, the percentage just goes down oh, drastically. If I, if I play basketball right now, I wouldn't be able to walk the day after. It's rough, man. <laughs> I dig that. Uh, and then training-wise, aerobic stuff, anything you do outside do, of the gym? I do uh, just intervals on my, I have an exercise bike at home, so I do intervals on that, so it's essentially my aerobics. And I also do, uh, I uh, do uh, farmer's walks in my driveway with my dumbbells, so that's pretty much the essence of my aerobic activity. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, eating-wise, eat pretty healthy? I do. I, I follow my fitness, fitness pal, so I usually keep right up my... You know, 2,700, 2,800 calories per day. I'm not really a macro guy. I'm just a calorie guy. So that's how I mean. You know, my carbohydrates are usually less than 250 is about where I like to keep them per day. Nice, dude. Yeah. And you're a big dude. You can yeah. do with that. Yeah. So let's dig into some of the real stuff here. Uh, for the guys listening, uh, obviously specialize in, you know, male testosterone replacement. Um, and I'm sure some female stuff too. What, um, so what is testosterone for the people listening out there? So testosterone is the, the essential uh, male sexual hormone. What that means is testosterone gives men their, uh, you know, their stereotypical or characteristic physical and mental uh, uh, you know, characteristics. So women have it as well? Um, women do. Women have about a tenth of the testosterone level that, that men have. And also testosterone helps women with their uh, you know, libido. It helps them with their bone density. It helps them maintain their muscle uh, strength and mass as well. So the primary reason, like us as dudes, are a I guess bigger assholes mm-hmm. yeah, and more yeah. aggressive yeah. and can build muscle easier is the testosterone level. The more testosterone you have, the bigger you are generally. The more of an asshole you are generally, and uh, the more uh, muscle mass you're able to uh, maintain generally. I dig that. So why would someone come to you to get testosterone replacement? Why would they take it? So testosterone is a one of the along with estrogen, uh, one of the theories of aging is that once you once you age, the reason that you age is because your hormone levels decrease from their previous youthful uh, youthful levels. So what that, what that means is at the age of 30, 35 years old, uh, men and women, specifically men, since we're in a men's vitality center, they start to lose about one percent of testosterone a year. Uh, from the age of 30 onwards. That means uh, for, you know, theoretically, if you had a level of, say, 500 at the age of 30, 1% of 500 is five. So by the age of uh, 40, 10 years later, your level would be uh, 450 and uh, so on and so forth. And so that's the reason for, I guess, decreased muscle mass as we age, we kind of shrink essentially? Exactly, as you, as you know, it's like any strength sports, any uh, athletic endeavor, you know, is that the, uh, the most elite athletes are generally uh, in their youth, in their late 20s and their early 30s, and uh, they start to get decline from that point forward. So there's a lot of things that lead to that decline, but one of those is strength, speed, muscle mass, and that's due to loss of testosterone. And so the people that are coming to you, is it for, I mean, just vanity reasons, is it just strength stuff, or what is the, the main handful of reasons someone would, I would come in and, and get testosterone replaced? I think the majority of the time men come in for, to look at, at testosterone replacement therapy as a possible option to the issues that they're having is due to them feeling uh, more fatigued. They notice that when they go to the gym that they're not able to maintain muscle mass. They notice that they're gaining a lot of truncal or abdominal obesity. They know that their libido or their sexual desire has tanked as well as their sexual performance or their erectile strength. Uh, they notice that their blood pressure might be harder than, uh, higher. They notice that their blood sugar levels might be higher. They notice that there could be uh, just general malaise, lack of motivation, and even depression. So with that being said, they'll come into the primary care physician and uh, seek answers as to what's going on. 
And so, like, when someone comes to you with, like, let's say they have a handful of, I guess, symptoms, if you will, it's not just, hey, we're going to give you testosterone and shoot you out the door. You kind of go through a full panel to see what the real problem is. Yeah, so I'm an internal medicine physician. So the first thing I do is, you know, as, as one of the, you know, primary principles of medicine is first do no harm and also only treat people as to what's, uh, what they need to be treated for. So for me, there's many, many other medical issues or conditions that could cause a lot of those symptoms. Uh, you could be diabetic. You could have be anemic. You could have thyroid issues. You could have liver or kidney issues. So my job as an internal medicine physician is to rule out all these other things that could uh, harm you uh, before I uh, before I go the low hormone route. Okay. So when you talk about and you mentioned before, like if it's uh, you know excess abdominal fat or like you know the belly fat that people you know hate so much, mm -hmm. sometimes that can be tied to what is it like your hormones are off or thyroid or stress or yeah, kind of a combination. A combination of those. It could be tied to your hormones are low. It could be uh, linked to diabetes. It could be linked to simply overeating, too much food, not enough exercise. It could be linked to hypo or low thyroid. So like for someone who comes in, they says that, hey, I'm doing all the right things, but let's say they're either their thyroid is off or maybe their hormones are off, that basically works against them in terms of reaching their goals. So basically they're ice skating uphill, essentially. Yes, they're, they're trying to run through mud, they're ice skating uphill, uh, they're taking one step forward and two back, exactly. Interesting. So I guess if someone wants to say like, well, how would they know if they have, like how do I know if I have low testosterone? You just come in, what, what's the process? I recommend that if you're feeling any of those symptoms, I, first of all, I recommend that uh, any adult should be having their labs checked on a regular basis anyway, at least once or twice a year, a year. There's a lot of things that you don't feel. You don't feel high blood pressure, generally speaking. You don't feel high cholesterol, generally speaking. So I recommend any adult, just for uh, health, reason and for general screening go in to see your primary care physician for your regular labs a couple times a year uh, now if you're feeling any of the symptoms i mentioned before you'd come into your primary care physician or you come into me i would draw you know a series of lab exams to check your thyroid i'd check your your blood levels check your kidney and liver function i would check your uh, uh, your glucose levels and make sure you're not diabetic and of course we would check your hormone levels and depending on what those results uh, returned, we would have a discussion and see what we can do to figure out what's, uh, what's causing the symptoms that you're feeling. And so like when you guys diagnose the low testosterone, basically it's, it's from the blood work and the scope of what the person is saying exactly. and feeling. So there's a couple ways to go about it. There is a, a clinical, well, they, well, there's a laboratory diagnosis of low testosterone, meaning you're gonna come in, you get your labs drawn, and your labs show an absolute low level based on the, the laboratory uh, a range. So that's a, that's a laboratory level. Now there's a clinical level as well. So a person could have low testosterone based on their lab results but feel fine. In that case I wouldn't do anything. A person might come in and have a low testosterone level based on lab results and have clinical or symptomatic low testosterone meaning that they feel uh, depressed. They feel uh, they feel, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They might have a poor recovery, increasing abdominal uh, fat uh, they are decreasing uh, muscle mass, and that's the case, or, or and or decreased libido, and that's the case we can consider testosterone replacement therapy. Okay, so like if you're the average dude or, or female who's at the gym and maybe your, your strength gains are diminishing or your muscle mass is going down or like an increase in body fat, even though you're doing similar things to what you've always done, one of the culprits could be low hormones, I guess. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay, and so again, it affects everyone, I guess, at some point, correct? It, it, Generally speaking, yes. I mean, you always have those those outliers. For example, I've had kids in their 
in their teens, high teens, late teens, or their early 20s, they come in with these symptoms, and lo and behold, they have low testosterone. I've had literally have had gentlemen come in 75, 80 years old to get their labs checked, and they have the testosterone levels of a 22-year-old man. So Really? Absolutely. So you always have those those outliers in any in any sample size, but generally speaking, as a person ages, as a man ages, you can't expect that their testosterone levels will decrease. And after around age thirty-ish, about thirty to thirty to thirty-five, yes. And that's where you kind of you'll see the biggest drop, or is it kind of a gradual? It's a gradual. It's a gradual. I think that you'll start to see a drop at the, at that age. You don't just wake up your Rambo one day <laughs> and the next day you're terrible. No, no, one day no. Okay, I get that. Um, so in terms of just that, uh, the youngest people you see, is that just genetics? Why would someone who's 22 have terrible testosterone? There's, all, there's many, many, many causes of low testosterone other than just simple aging. Someone could have a head injury, someone could have a testicular injury, uh, could we do the medications such as uh, opiates or pain pills you know, or, or you know, illicit drugs like heroin. It could be due to thyroid issues, it could be due to diabetes. So there's any number of things that can cause, uh, can, can result in low testosterone in the body. And so, I guess percentage-wise, or kind of the breakdown, uh, you see it in mostly men, some women, or like what you guys see on a daily basis? Generally speaking, you're going to see the most symptoms in a male. Yeah. And so, percentage of your people who are doing like hormone replacement, mostly guys? The vast majority of the people in my clinic doing testosterone replacement therapy are men. And so, numbers-wise, like if anybody out there knows even what's going on, like what would the average dude kind of fall in when you pull his blood work, I guess? At the age of, say, 45, I would expect the, and we're looking at the normal range of testosterone, which is very interesting. The normal range, therapeutic range, is 300 to, say, 950. So obviously anyone would, would look at that and say that's a huge range. Yeah, it's huge. So that means you can go into your doctor with a level of 305 and, and said doctor would say, hey, you're normal. Or you can go with the doctor with a level of 8, 895 and you'd be normal. So obviously there's a, there's, a, there's a huge range and there's a lot of symptoms to, to take into account. There's a lot of clinical decisions to be made when someone comes in to see a doctor. So with that being said, I would say the average 45-year-old uh, person who comes in with get their labs drawn, I would expect their testosterone level to be uh, in, their, in the 500s. On average. And if he, and if he felt good and was awesome, you'd be like, that's eh, cool. But if he felt like shit, you're like, maybe we do something different? Well, yeah, if he felt cool and awesome, uh, I wouldn't do anything. So he is with that being said. And generally speaking, from a, from a medical standpoint and from an insurance company standpoint, the only way I, I could treat a person would be if that person was absolutely low on their laboratory, uh, on their laboratory tests. So with that being said, if a person came in and they were, say, 280 and they were symptomatic, then we could consider testosterone placement therapy. If said person uh, was corrected to a level of, say, 450, 500, and they felt great, then enough said. If that person required an increase to the 700, 750 range in order to alleviate their symptoms, then that would be okay as well. Okay. And for your patients you see typically, it's like you tell them to do blood work, what, we're talking once a year, twice a year, at least a physical and blood work or a couple times? Well, my, my specific patients, I follow their blood work about every eight to ten weeks, okay. uh, personally myself. I always recommend that whoever you go to for testosterone placement therapy, or even if you're doing testosterone illicitly from, say, your buddies in the gym, at the very least... The really, the really smart guys doing that basement shit. Yeah, basement shit. Yeah, making yeah. it in your bathtub. At the very least, please, please, please get your labs drawn on a regular basis. Please. And so you'd suggest probably every two months for that? I would suggest at least that. 
And when they're pulling it, is it like is it like a full panel of everything or just specific things? You depending depending on the person what they need. If a person is simply uh, you know requiring to or you know undergoing testosterone replacement therapy and otherwise healthy, then I'm going to check their testosterone and their CBC, meaning their blood count, to make sure again we're testosterone replacement therapy. It must be said, which is why I encourage or plead with everyone to please get their labs drawn, no matter how you're getting your testosterone. Is that with testosterone, as with any other medication, there are side effects. And generally speaking, with testosterone, as with most other medications, the side effects are dose-related, meaning the higher the dosage you're on, the more side effects you can expect, which is why it, it should be a requirement that a person be seen by a medical um, professional when you're undergoing testosterone replacement therapy. And so in terms of so the, the audience, so for the people who are listening who are not super familiar, like how do you guys basically treat it? Essentially, someone is deficient in something mm-hmm. and you're replacing the levels to a healthy therapeutic level they can handle. And is that through, like, what, I guess, how do you guys administer it? So testosterone replacement therapy can be administered in several different ways. There are injections, there are creams, there are uh, patches, uh, there are uh, pellets. So there's pros and cons to each, each uh, method. My clinics, we use uh, testosterone injections. I like injections because you're injecting the, uh, the product, the testosterone, directly into the muscle. Uh, the patients come back weekly for monitoring and for their, uh, their injections. And it's very easy to tailor, to either add uh, medication to their syringe or take it away in order to achieve the goal level of, you know, th- you know hormone, therapeutic hormone level for the testosterone. And so it's just like they'll come in, weekly injection, like probably in the glutes, I'd imagine? Yep. Something. I have my Tuesday guys, my Wednesday guys, my Friday guys, my Thursday guys, my Monday guys. They pick a day every week. They come into the clinic. Uh, they come in. They get their injections. They're in and out to the glutes. And does time of day matter for these guys? The time of no? day doesn't matter. Nice, dude. Um, any downfalls from the injection stuff other than you have to go weekly? That's well, as I said before, t- testosterone, as any other medication, has side effects, which wise it requires uh, monitoring. So testosterone replacement therapy, the biggest side effects for testosterone replacement therapy is that it can increase your red blood cell mass, it can increase your prostate volume, it can uh, exacerbate some other pre-existing medical issues. So let's go by those, uh, go down those really quick. So the biggest concerns a lot of guys have is with testosterone and prostate health. So it's been completely debunked that testosterone does not cause prostate cancer, end of story, period. What it can do, however, is increase prostate volume, meaning that if you already have, or even if you don't already have, but if you have a prostate, as all men do, obviously have prostates, it can cause that to swell. So you need to, be, you need to monitor your PSA, your prostate-specific antigen. Uh, testosterone causes an increase in red blood cell mass. It increases the activity of red blood cell production. So the issue that can occur with that is, as red blood cell mass increases, it can be more prone to clot. So obviously, if a blood clots, you can end up with heart disease or, you, or well, a heart attack, or you can end up with stroke. So you have to monitor for that. The last thing is that, well, not one of the other things that it can cause is estrogen-related effects. So testosterone, when it's not utilized, converts into estrogen, which is why you have see guys with problems. Well, colloquially, they call that you know bitch tits in the, oh, in the gym or, yeah. or, or simply or gynecomastia is yeah. the, the appropriate medical term. So with that being said, you need regular monitoring and you need to have your dose adjusted to the point where you can either eliminate or mitigate these side effects. So a lot of it like it's either any like some and again it, everybody's different with obviously with every everybody's drug they different. take. 
uh, either a the abuse of it, obviously for one, which mm-hmm. I've seen yep. know, in the world that we live in, yeah, absolutely. And then two, if you're genetically kind of predisposed to maybe having something, it can exacerbate it, I guess, or, or accelerate it. Uh, accelerate, uh, accelerate. So if you have a person, and a lot of these very large bodybuilders, as you well know, they have sleep apnea. So and also as we just talked before this podcast, bodybuilding is a sport that we both love, but it's a sport of excess. It's a sport of excess, and it's a sport of very poor monitoring. So you have these very large individuals with uh, obstructive sleep apnea who probably aren't using a CPAP machine as they should. And we talked before that one of the side effects of testosterone is that it increases red blood cell mass. Also, sleep apnea increases red blood cell mass. As your red blood cell mass increases, your your work, your heart is as a pump has to work harder in order to pump this very thick sludge-like blood through your veins. So eventually, you're going to cause heart failure. Also, you can uh, end up with clots and stroke. That's gnarly. Yep. It's, so it's important so, to get your blood work done. It's important to get your blood work done. It's also important. Bro science is cool, but it's also important to talk with somebody who understands physiology and the mechanism by which all this, all these things occur. That's why it's called bro science. That's why it's called bro science. Yeah. Okay, so injections we know. Uh, creams? Like what? Cream, uh, creams are, again, I'm a testosterone advocate, period, no matter how you get it. Yeah. So creams are also beneficial. Creams are convenient. You're able to rub those on at home by yourself. They're convenient. They work uh, well. Issues with the cream is, is that it's hard sometimes to dose to get the amount uh, to kind of maintain a consistent level. Also, creams can be transferred. We live in Phoenix, Phoenix is very hot. You can sweat the creams off. If you're hugging your wife or your kids, you, the creams can, the testosterone can transfer to them, which what? you definitely do not want. Gnarly, dude. Yeah, absolutely. So your wife could be all jacked. Your, your wife could be jacked and have a beard to, to rival yours. That's nuts, man. I never <laughs> thought of that. Yep. That's insane, dude. Absolutely. Interesting. And then the pellets. I know a little bit about it. The pellets are, pellets are cool as well. Pellets, for me, the biggest issue with pellets is site infections. There's many ER docs around the valley who have uh, experience with removing pellets that are infected. Also, it's difficult to maintain a, a constant level throughout the three or four month lifespan of your, of your pellets. So like for the people at home, if you guys are familiar, that's how I understand it, and you correct me as I get wrong here. These people, they come in, they make a small incision in your glute, essentially, mm-hmm. and then they place the pellets in there. And from what I've heard, because we work with hundreds of people sure. here, they, they, they're not super active for a couple of days mm-hmm. because they don't want to, I guess, have the pellets disperse all yeah. at once or something. And then what, they come back like three months they later? They come back three months later for a replacement. So how does that work? Like you shoot this, they make, it's, it's like a cut in your ass, they, but like they, not really big though. Yeah, they make a small incision in your butt, they insert the, uh, the pellets and the material inside the pellet, which could be testosterone, it could be estrogen, whatever, whatever you're, the, the mix that your uh, provider determines is necessary uh, based on your labs. And the, the idea is that over the next three, generally speaking, three to four months, there's gonna be a slow, steady disbursement of this medication from the pellet into your bloodstream uh, to, into your muscles, into the into all the sites that uh, testosterone and all the other hormones affect their their uh, their their work. So the so the issue with that is that it's kind of a not exact science how this disbursement occurs and whether or not you're going to have a, a steady state level throughout the entire three months of your of this pellet's lifespan. And so they insert them, and then what do you like? You, do you test the blood work like somewhere in between to see where they're at, or do you wait for well, the full well, duration? Well, I would think that you would. Again, that's not. Uh, you'd have to go to one of the providers that actually provides does care. But I would hope that they are monitoring your blood throughout the lifespan of this uh, this uh, this pellet and making changes as necessary. And the the non exercise is that because like if they smash it or something? Oh, you yeah, they, well, again, you're going to irritate that area, and you, again, when, when anytime anything's inserted into the body, you need to be careful until it's. 
you know, well accepted as well as well healed over in order to avoid any sort of site infections or disrupt the uh, disrupt the uh, the foreign object that's been inserted into your body. Yeah, I never heard that it gets infected though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, what does that have? Like, it just gets. It's like because you you rubbed it or it got dirty, or uh, like anything. Yeah, it's like anything. You could get dirty. You could get uh, uh, get rub it. It could be irritated, and then depending on how severe the infection is, it could be something simply as taking an antibiotic cream, taking an antibiotic by mouth, or having to have the entire site evacuated, removed in the ER. Interesting. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, Cost-wise, what um, like the average person, what is so it? Generally speaking, uh, which is a good thing, your insurance, if, if you qualify based on your insurance, so insurance level, insurance... Uh, is, it, is its own scam is, in it? Is yeah. its own scam in and of itself. So before, insurance companies used to be happy with treating someone who was symptomatic at a relatively low level of uh, testosterone in their bloodstream. Now, insurance companies have driven that down to essentially that you have to be almost, well, you know, I'm kind of exaggerating, but almost dead before they will cover it. But yeah. generally speaking, uh, if you're absolutely low, meaning that if you come in, get, have your labs drawn, and you're below that 340 or 240 now that they decreased it level, then your insurance company deems that you are in fact hypogonadal, meaning that you have low testosterone, and they will cover that. So the vast majority of my patients at my clinic are covered by their insurance for their testosterone replacement uh, therapy. The other percentage of patients, patients choose to pay for it themselves, and it generally costs about $200 a month for them to have their uh, a full service testosterone replacement therapy at my clinics. No, that's not crazy at all. Not at all. Nice man. Uh, just for my own curiosity, do you know like the lowest person you ever had come in? Like Jeez, a dude. Du- du- literally, I've had guys come in, and guys in their thirties and forties come in with an absolute testosterone level of forty-eight, fifty, which, which is the level. That's of gnarly, a, dude. Which is the level of a, a normal female. Yeah. That is insane. Insane. And that's it's a mix of things, obviously. It's a mix of things. Either, for instance, I have a lot of first responders, a lot of firefighters, a lot of cops. Uh, there's so many things that drive your testosterone levels down. Staying up all night, you know, doing shift work, uh, lack of sleep, stress, in addition to uh, just aging, in addition to uh, uh, dietary uh, issues, in addition to medication-related effects that can cause your de- testosterone levels to plummet. Yeah, that's super low. So if a low dude is 300 and they're at 48. It's like, how do you even get out of bed? I mean, do they even like, can they even have sex at that point? Barely. That's insane, bro. At that point, you know something's wrong. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Like the highest person, you know, like naturally? Naturally. I've had had guys come in in the 900s, uh, high 900s naturally, which is great. Good for you. Like young dudes typically? Young dudes. dudes. Again, I've had guys... In their 50s and 60s, that will surprise you. They'll come in with levels in the seven, mid 700s, in the 800s. And you're like, good for you. Good for you. That's gnarly, dude. I mean, that's such a huge range, though, too. Huge like, range. 50 to 900. Yeah. Some nice. guys feel great at 400. Again, if you feel great at 400, 350, I recommend doing nothing. That makes sense to me. Uh, Diet-wise, is there a better way to eat? Like, to, hey, my hormones suck, my testosterone is shit. Is there a better way I should eat versus not eat? So yeah, so you want to definitely be eating healthy fats, so not a lot of saturated fat. You want to get your fish oils in. Uh, you want to make sure you just, you know, if, you, if you're into chemistry, testosterone is a fat. It's like from cholesterol. So you want to get your good cholesterol in that kind of give there, make there's a, a substrate for healthy, natural testosterone production. You want to try to reduce as much simple sugars, as much as crap carbohydrates, as much as possible from your diet. You want to eliminate the, uh, like I always tell the guys, you want to eliminate the 
the, the frappuccinos, the orange sodas, uh, the, the large quantities of ice cream and things of that nature as much as possible from your diet. And you want to try eat just basically a balanced, healthy diet. Yeah, so re- real food, proteins, real food. healthy fats, yeah. the fatter, not processed The shit. fatter you are, the less, generally speaking, the fatter you are, the less natural testosterone production you're going to have and the more estrogen production you're going to have, which in a man, in a man is a bad uh, ratio. No shit. So if you're like a bigger dude, and like not like big, like you're, no, ob- if you're, you're fat, overweight. If you're overweight, obese, yeah. if you have a lot of uh, body fat. Your testosterone is lower. Generally speaking, yes. And why is that? It's uh, because fat is uh, fat converts into estrogen. No kidding. So almost like when you're lean, the rich get richer, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. So you hear that, you guys? Don't eat like shit. Eat real food. Eat It'll real help food. your hormones. Eat real food. Work out. It's working crazy. out. She's working out. It's going to help boost your own natural testosterone production. It's crazy how like the most basic stuff we talk basic. about is like the answer to basic, almost everything. Basic stuff. I wish I could tell you guys something sexier, but I can't. This can't. is this is from the doctor it, it, himself. It's pretty boring. Um, so, like, yeah, I guess on the same note, like, obviously the things that affect it, like, if your stress is off the charts and your sleep sucks, your testosterone can suffer from it, and you're probably more susceptible to, like, abdominal fat and, and the shit that we don't really want. 100%, correct. Nice. And so, like, if I'm a person and I'm trying to, can you boost it naturally? Is that, like, a real thing? or is, like, is <coughs> Cer- it- Certainly you can boost it naturally. There's certain things you can do to boost it naturally. You can, uh, working out boosts it naturally. Uh, as you probably preach, I'm assuming, and big compound movements can uh, boost your Squat, HG, squatting, deadlifting, dead uh, essentially man stuff. Lifting, picking up farmer, these, walks, farmer, farmer walks, picking up heavy stuff and carrying. It. It's going to boost your growth hormones. Going to boost your uh, natural production. It's going to make you feel great. Uh, so those are things that can produce it, uh, boost it naturally. There are. Uh, Natural supplements, one of which tribulus terrestris, can help to boost your natural... Uh, does it really work? It really does. It really does. As well as things that, for instance, if you have absolute low testosterone in the gutter, it's not going to get you to a therapeutic range. If you already have a fair amount of natural testosterone production, say if you're in the 500 600 range, it'll probably give you a nice boost, absolutely. There's a bunch of the pro-hormones out there, the SARMs, etc., that people are now taking in great quantities, which do work at, just as anabolics work. However, again, there are very deleterious effects that can be uh, that you are going to get from those if you abuse them. That makes sense. So the biggest things naturally, like, and again, this seems like such common sense mm-hmm. to me, but for you guys listening, A, I should work out, mm-hmm. pick up some heavy shit, the yep. compound movements, heavy shit. eat real food, Yep. Get quality sleep. Sleep. And try not to stress like crazy. And sleep is huge. Sleep is very underrated. And what do you suggest your guys to do like per night? Six, seven, eight, nine hours? Whatever they can do? Yeah, everybody's different, but I would recommend a good six to eight hours, absolutely. It's going to help recover, uh, help your, your system recover, help your muscles recover, help your uh, you know, natural hormone uh, production uh, during the course of your night's sleep is going to be optimized if you're able to sleep well. Because what is that, like the REM cycle? It's your REM cycle. Helps to promote your HGH. Helps to, uh, helps to get your testosterone levels. Uh, helps all, pretty much all of your natural, uh, you know, testo- all your natural hormone production that occurs during the night is going to, uh, it's going to, be, it's going to be aided by sleeping well. So as I would say, like back in the day when I was skinny dude mm-hmm. like you trying to get big, mm-hmm. and now we're old and big, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but sleep for gains, sleep, basically. Sleep for gains. <laughs> like they always say when you're younger, if you want to get big, you need to sleep, 
Yeah, don't don't what is this? Don't don't run if you can walk. Don't walk if you can sit, and don't sit if you can lay down. That's right, man. That makes sense to me. Because yeah, we use like uh, I don't know if like the Whoop app. Yep. It's super detailed, but I'm like at least now like it'll show like the latency, uh-huh. like so how quick I fall asleep, and then the disturbances too. Yeah. Um, but it kind of learns your patterns. It tells you where you're at. That's probably the one thing I struggle with the most is to get. I mean, I get restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. It's the quality of it though too, because mm-hmm. we all want to hustle and, and be quote oh, unquote successful always. and all that. And but. don't you get up at like four thirty five every morning? Like three fifty. Jeez, man, it's early. But I, I get to bed like way earlier now than I used to. When mm-hmm. I was younger, I could like fuck around a little bit yeah. and get away with it. Now it's like, if I because I really train, like mm-hmm. I I, tr- I work out like ri- ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. we do, and uh, I'll notice it even if I'm not like sleepy tired. I'll walk in here and my body will feel like I got the shit kicked out of mm-hmm. me. Um, and again, there's a big difference between you know if I wake up like let's say I, I pick one day and I go to sleep at eight versus like ten. That's like a two different worlds for me. Hell yeah. Like I feel like a different human. And I've noticed like, A, my recovery is way better. Um, and I feel just like my brain works better if Absolutely. I can sleep at least like probably six and a half to seven Absolutely. plus hours. I dig that, man. I think at least six hours is a, is a, good, uh, is a good call. At least six hours. I think some people, yeah, probably need nine. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm that human. Neither. But it's, it's nice. I, I could definitely can tell the difference when it's, you almost feel like you're hungover, mm-hmm. but you didn't drink anything. Yeah, exactly. Which is really crazy. In terms of the workout stuff, just because we've seen this and we've seen people um, in the competing space, like people who naturally compete in whether it's bodybuilding or physique or something, mm-hmm. they're they're eating so restricted. Mm-hmm. The calories are so low. Their hormones basically go to shit. Big time. We've seen women, basically their periods stop. Yeah. Their hair gets thin. Dudes, testosterone goes to shit because they're not on androgens. Yeah. Is that just a... I guess over-exercising, under-eating? Well, okay. well, generally speaking, when you, when you touch on the, the females who have those issues, generally we're talking about the, uh, the extreme athletes such as the marathon runners. We're talking about the, uh, the, the fitness population who get extremely low body fat levels. I guess if you're a woman, if you're down into the low teens, and if you break 10, you get... You, that's, that's disgusting. That's, that's disgusting. Uh, I mean, disgusting. Well, your body thinks it's disgusting because your, your body's not used to that. You know, so I mean, like how you have to feel. Like oh, if, you, if, so you're, you feel, if you're, if you're, she has to feel terrible. Yeah. And if you're a, a male, uh, you know, professional bodybuilder or, or, or fitness athlete, and you start getting into the sixes, the fives, the four Sh- and a half, shredded glutes. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not going to hardly be able to walk, oh, much less do anything else. And so then the testosterone suffers because of it because their body is so run down. Well, in my opinion, generally speaking, people who are getting that low are on <laughs> are, drugs. Are on drugs. It's pretty much impossible to get that low unless you're you're going to be on androgens. You're going to be on thyroid hormone. You're going to be on clenbuterol. You're going to be on. Uh, oh man, I'm, you're like saying I'm, I'm gonna forget like that world even exists. Well, like, people that, taking that, clen. That, like, that world like, exists. That's and, nuts. I mean, man. people taking clen. Yeah, you are. Your heart's beating like you are. You're seven. asking for it. So generally speaking, you're on a lot of things to get that low, and the you, your system is not going to be able to produce anything naturally. No. And so for people like just the average, I don't want to say the average fitness core, but someone who is like let's say an endurance athlete, mm-hmm. a marathon runner, mm-hmm. it, is there too much exercise they can do? Well, that can affect the hormone it, it, levels. Yes. Like adrenal well, fatigue. Yeah, if, if, we're, like if we're that. talking about if your hormone levels, absolutely, there's too much exercise. You're because yeah, I mean, it's what your 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 body. I mean, the human body is not meant to uh, to function at that type of level. I mean, that's, we're talking about the limits of human performance. So your body is going to shut down in one way. Or, I mean, you can, you have people with rhabdomyolysis. I mean, oh, bro, I've seen that. Yeah, that's so gnarly. Have, it's gnarly. Yeah. Explain to these people if you can what rhabdo is. If they're so rhabdo is essentially is your muscles are breaking down and your kidneys are trying to filter uh, all this these waste products essentially 
and your kidneys can't do it. And so essentially your kidneys fail. And when your kidneys fail, it, you're going to need, if your kidneys fail, when you're, when you're urinating is what, you're, is what your kidneys is getting rid of all the waste products in your body, essentially, which is when you pee. So when your kidneys aren't peeing, when you're so dehydrated that your kidneys, that you're not outputting in your urine, that is a very, very, very bad thing. So you're, that means your body is shut down, that you're in renal failure. And if you don't get rid of that waste, essentially, you're going to die, which is why people need uh, you know, hemodialysis. You need the machine in order to start filtrating all this crap from your body that your kidneys usually do. So rhabdomyolysis is when you're so dehydrated, when your muscles are so broken down that your, your, muscle, that your kidneys are trying to essentially get rid of your muscle byproduct and they can't do it. And so, like, we've seen people, and we've, I mean, I'm not going to call it anything, but there's some people here who have done things in a CrossFit space and different yep. workout spaces, and I'm not begging on CrossFit. No, if you no, guys I love hear you, I hear you, but people can be extreme. And so, what they'll do is, I remember I've seen people here where they'll pee, and it looks like battery acid. Exactly. Or like Coca-Cola. And that's the, one of the uh, pathognomonic, or one of the, the clinical signs of rhabdomyolysis is when your urine looks like Coca-Cola. And why does it do that? It's just it's like... That's just muscle breaking down. And it's coming out of your urine. It's coming point. out of your urine. Yeah. That's when you kind of know you're fucked. You're fucked. Jeez, man. And I remember like there was a dude here. Um, his his wife was here forever, and he would do certain kinds of training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like she goes, he woke up for work one day, and he couldn't button his shirt because mm-hmm. his rhabdo had mm-hmm. like set in. Like, what is that from? Your body's so, just seizing up. The body's just seizing up your muscles again. So you, you your muscles, yeah, your muscles are they, they just don't work, I and mean, your body's seizing up. You're so dehydrated. Uh, your your kidneys have failed, and yeah, you can't you can't function. And so it's basically a combo of like over exercise and like underhydrating, I guess. Uh, essentially, I mean, if that's one of the causes, yes. In this particular in this particular space, that's one of the causes of rhabdomyolysis, yes. And do other people get it? Other people get it from any various any other various uh, you know medical issues. It's possible to get, but that's one of the huge. I mean, some old people get rhabdomyolysis, for instance, by falling down and being down on the ground for twelve to twenty four hours. An older person from just your laying on your muscles causes your muscles to break down, and you can get rhabdomyolysis. No shit. Yep. I only thought, yeah, I only like the only weird reason I even know what it is is the fitness space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people I've seen, we call, I mean, I don't want to call them stupid, but sometimes well, it's, it's, extreme. They're extreme. It's reckless behavior. It's reckless. It's just, again, as we talked about, this is a this is an industry of excess. That's gnarly, man. Good to know. Um, again, so if you guys are listening and your pee looks like battery acid, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Sooner than later. Uh, I guess next one. Uh, any is there any poor candidates for testosterone other than like if somebody just feels good, or is there people who like, and eh, it's probably not the best for you, or kind of open to anybody? So there are some absolute contraindications to testosterone replacement therapy. One of them is active prostate cancer. Not a person who's had prostate cancer has been treated. I have several patients who've had prostate cancer. The cancer has either been irradiated, they've had chemotherapy, it's been cut out and now they're back on testosterone replacement therapy. But if someone's actively, act, has active prostate cancer, that is an absolute contraindication to receive testosterone replacement therapy. Don't do it. If someone has untreated sleep apnea, I spoke about sleep apnea earlier and uh, the issues with sleep apnea. So if someone has sleep apnea, is not, is, is not uh, undergoing nightly CPAP treatment, then that is an absolute contraindication for testosterone replacement therapy. If someone has, if someone has a history of, say, uh, his either has again, if someone has a history of stroke, if someone has a history of heart disease or a heart attack, 
then those people are a relative, not an absolute, but a relative contraindication to uh, being treated with testosterone replacement therapy. So a person like that, I'd have to review their medical record. I'd have to discuss with their cardiologist or their neurologist to decide if this person uh, would, if the risk, if the juice is worth the squeeze by starting them on testosterone replacement therapy. Because it could, I guess, accelerate what's the, the could, problems already going yeah, on? They've already had issues with blood clots. They've already had issues with stroke. And they've also already had issues with a heart attack. And as we talked before, testosterone can increase your red blood cell mass, which could provoke or another one of those sort of uh, medical attacks. That makes sense. Uh, I guess the other thing, for someone who out there who's thinking about it, like what are the biggest benefits of, okay, you come in, and again, it's different for everybody, obviously, mm-hmm. case by case, but like you come in and what is the benefit of me going on testosterone replacement? If I have, you know, I'm asymptomatic or I have a handful of things that are wrong, like mm-hmm. I'm going to have what, more energy, more, what is it? So from the mouths of some of my patients, I've had patients say to me, Dr. Evans, you have, A, saved my life, B, you've saved my marriage. C, you saved my job. Uh, D, you've given me my life back. E, you've, uh, I feel like a man again. Uh, um, F, I've lost 100 pounds this year. I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, the list goes on and on. I have some patients come in and say, meh, I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you get those guys that literally you've changed your life. You know, you've changed their uh, relationship, their sexual relationship. You've changed, changed. To me, the biggest thing you've changed their mental attitude. Now they have that confidence. That, that confidence back. They have that verb back. They're back in the gym. They're back kicking ass at work. They're back to being aggressive in a good way. Hey, I mean, a man is a man. You know, it's like we talked about before. Uh, testosterone can make you an asshole, or it can make you uh, take over the world, which you know could be synonymous with being an asshole. It's a fine line. It's, there, a, yeah. it's a very fine line. So I, so so I have. Uh, a, ple- I mean, a plethora of, uh, you know, good feedback from what testosterone placement therapy has done for my patients. So the confidence obviously can increase because they feel stronger, more powerful, or like they did when they were younger, probably That's if they were devoid of it. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing for people like, can it, does it, I guess, as powerful as it is, I mean, I don't know, like, if there's a list of the most powerful hormones in the body and how they work, I'm assuming testosterone has got to be, you know, right up there in the mix. It's right up there in the mix. Um, if it's deficient, like, are some people, like, sad, depressed, certain things because so, of it? T- testosterone uh, rep- uh, deficiency has been linked with depression. Again, we're not saying it causes it. Uh, there's a difference between causation and correlation, but it has been linked or correlated with depression, with obesity, with, uh, with prostate cancer, with diabetes, uh, with, a, uh, you know, with a plethora of medical issues have been linked or correlated with uh, low testosterone. Well, I imagine I had a conversation the other day with a, a fitness professional buddy of mine, and uh, he's very introspective. So he always asks these questions that like you don't really want to answer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What if your body was taken away from you today? Mm-hmm. How would you be with it?" I'm like, "Well, it sucks, shit, dude. It's, it's been in my it's my entire life. Like I built an entire brand around it." <laughs> right, right. I'm like, "But I, I am more than that, and I, and I would have to get over it at some point. But I would imagine like if all of a sudden I showed up one day and I was you know half as strong, mm-hmm. I didn't have the endurance, uh, and I started to lose muscle mass tissue. I started to look different mm-hmm. and not have the energy or the sex." Drive, that would change the way I walk into a room, the confidence I have, 100%. essentially. I heard it said, and I think it's one of those things when you're used to, again, uh, yeah, I think we're very slimmer. When you're used to looking a certain way, people looking at you a certain way, when people, when my patients come into my clinic, a lot of the first things they say is, hey, I want to look like my doctor. 
And that's part of my brand. That's part of why I do. I am an advocate. I'm not just an advocate of testosterone replacement therapy. You know, I kind of practice what I preach. So, yeah. So, I guess in years past, before testosterone replacement therapy was readily available to the masses, I, I look back at, say, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, I think as a man, you're just kind of used to just just losing it. You know, you're kind of used to being one way. It used to be in one way when you're younger and just getting old and dying. And that's it. And yeah. that's, that's it. It's one of those things that... It is what it is, but now why? Now if there's no there's things that you can do to kind of not eliminate the aging process, but kind of uh, I think you said one year podcast, you kind of stave it off as long as possible. Yeah, I'm not gonna be I don't, I don't lift the same weights that I did when I was 30, not even close. But if you can kind of look yeah, by, like by, by, you by, do. By, exactly by look more or less like I, I I I did then. So again, why not? I dig it, man. Well, and that's why you got on the podcast, because you actually lift. Yeah. If you didn't lift, we weren't going to let you in the building. So he's actually a big dude. If you see him on the internet, he's not small. He's a big individual. And he actually lifts. So the shit he's saying, I'll take it at face value for sure. Uh, I guess the last thing we really roll to, you know, best advice for somebody out there who's, uh, you know, not sure if they have, you know, low testosterone levels or maybe they want to go in. What The, the very basic steps you, you would tell them to take. If they're, if they're nervous, they have reservations, where do they go? What would they do? So if anything I've said today resonates with you, I would recommend simply um, pulling up my website. I have six locations here in the valley, and there should be one close to you. Uh, just coming on in. You can either call and make an appointment, or you can simply step in and say, hey, I heard Dr. Evans, he said to stop in and get my labs drawn. That's the first step. I recommend coming and get your labs drawn. Uh, the labs usually take about four to five days to result. We will call you back after that and let you know where you're at. I recommend coming in when you're fasting so that I can, again, have a complete idea of what your general laboratory health looks like. I want to know if you have high cholesterol. I want to check your thyroid. I want to check your, make sure you're not anemic. I want to make sure you're not diabetic. And last but not least, I want to check to see if you have low, low testosterone. So I recommend coming in, doing that, and then we'll go from there. I dig that, man. And it, real quick question, just my own curiosity. Uh, they do the fasting blood work all the time, and, and you hear it always. Mm-hmm. I've never asked why. So fasting, generally speaking, you want to... Fasting blood work is to check your fasting lipid panel, meaning that gives us an idea of what your cholesterol, your well, your fat. So we have your your high density lipoprotein, which is good. You want your HDL to be high. That's your good fat. We we have your LDL. You want your L LDL to be low, which is one of your bad fats. We have your triglycerides, which is one of your bad fats. You want that low. And you want your total cholesterol level to be low. So in order to get an accurate picture of what that looks like. If you came in right after a meal, then your triglycerides would be super high. So you want you to come in fasting after a night's fast, usually 8 to 12 hours, get your AM fasting lipid panel done. That gives an idea of what your cholesterol looks like in a, in, a, in a fasted state. So if people actually do eat and then they lie when they come in, mm-hmm. it fucks up the numbers. It fucks up the numbers. Interesting. Good to know. I always wonder like, why. I, I, never, I mean, I fast all the time anyway, so yeah, to me yeah. it was mm-hmm. never an issue. But I'm mm-hmm. like, if I go and eat like... Drink some Starbucks nonsense and eat some McDonald's. Yeah, shit. Yeah, you, come it's going to show. Interesting. I dig that, man. Um, okay, so where can these guys find you if they're going to look? On the internet? Go to www.mensvitalicenter.com. Mensvitalicenter.com. That will list all the six locations here in the Phoenix Valley. You can also go on my Facebook. You know, Men's Vitality Center is on Facebook. Dr. Ben Evans is on Facebook as well. And so, like, if these guys want to spam you with questions, is that cool sometimes? That's fine. 
I dig that, man, because I'm sure we'll get a few. Yeah. Um, we'll plug the rest of the stuff. We'll plug where you guys can find him on like Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we'll plug the site as well. But man, this is dope, dude. A lot Thank of you, good man. stuff. I learned a lot today. Great, man. Thank you. I usually don't. I don't listen very well, and I read like a fourth grader, so this has been <laughs> awesome. But it's all stuff I care about, too, because, I mean, aging is real for all of us. I mean, at some point, you know, we get older, softer, and wrinklier, but if yeah. we can we can fight it uh, as long as possible in a healthy, Go you know. Go fighting. I dig it, man. Very cool. Um, awesome, man. I love it. Appreciate it, dude. I'm going to shoot uh, you guys. I'm going to send out all his info. Um, I'll probably post it on the blog later this week. I'll send it out via the newsletter as well so you guys can find it. If you guys have any additional questions, uh, shoot them over, message us. I'll, I'll make sure he gets them. We'll answer them the best we can. If you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five-star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. And if you think you're even on the fence, Go get your blood work checked to make sure your hormones are rolling the right way. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.